0: Hello there, friends. It's your old pal, Aria Hawani, back with another Wednesday edition of the pod. Hope you're all doing very well. We've got a fun one coming up for all of you with two of the nicest human beings in the sport. Jack Hermanson coming off his big win over Calvin Gaslam last Saturday. And Joanne Calderwood, who decided to say, you know what? I'm not going to wait for a title shot. I'm going to fight on 10 days notice against a really tough opponent. So we'll talk to her about that decision. But before we get to all of that... As you know, there's one more Fight Island event going down this month. Uh, It's coming up this Saturday, July 25th. You can watch it on ESPN and ESPN+. And perhaps you're looking to place a couple wagers on the fights. If that's the case, my man Doug Kazarian has you covered in this week's edition of Behind the Bets. It's a great betting podcast where he and all his guests break down Saturday's fights from a betting angle. Behind the Bets find it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, on to today's show. And as always, listener discretion is advised. Back in your life on this Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020, hello again everyone hope you're doing well i'm ariel hawani thank you very much for checking out another edition of the pod and as always we are presented by modello Modelo especial root for those with a fighting spirit yes i'm not whispering this time because uh, last week of course we uh, did the the recording after the wednesday event now it's uh, the daytime, I don't have to whisper, so that's a very nice uh improvement. And we got a lot to discuss, as always, a lot going on. We've got one more Fight Island event, it's going down this Saturday, like I said, July 25th. Whitaker versus Till 15 fights in total. And uh, unfortunately, none of those fights are Todd Duffy versus John Volante, But this is tied for the most amount of fights on a single UFC card. Uh, the last time we had 15 fights on a card, UFC two. UFC 2 way back when I mean isn't that amazing UFC 2 so here we are 15 fights top to bottom a very fun one Whitaker Till Noguera Shogun 3 Hamzat Shamayev against Reese McKee and the heavyweight debut of Alexander Gustafsson versus Fabricio Verdum those are some of the fun fights that come to mind and speaking of Scandinavia last weekend on Fight Island in the co-main event of the card headlined by Davison Figueredo against Joseph Benavides, We had the return of Jack Hermanson in his first fight since losing in Denmark last September to Jared Canonier. A shocking result. A lot of people thought Hermanson was going to roll through that fight. Uh, this was his first fight back against Kelvin Gaslam. Remember, he was supposed to fight in May against Wyman, got postponed due to the pandemic. Well, he returns against the top contender, Kelvin Gaslam, and he submits him in 78 seconds. And now he's all of a sudden a player once again at 185, and he's definitely got an eye on this weekend's main event. So we thought it would be fun to catch up with the man they call the Joker, the pride of not only uh, Sweden, but also Norway, the one and only Jack Hermanson. Enjoy. First off, Jack, thank you very much for the time and congrats on the amazing win.
1: Thank you so much, my friend. Good to be back. Good to be back.
0: Yes, it's good to talk to you. Good to see your smiling face. You're always in such a good mood. I love it. Um, I'm just curious, am I, am I correct in, in saying that was your first heel hook win of your career? You're, you're known for your submissions. You're great on the ground, but the first time you've ever pulled it off in a fight, yes? that is correct
1: and i was myself wondering you know when is the first helix gonna come because that's my go-to submission in trainings you know everybody knows about that guillotine but uh that's that's uh, i probably you know submit people with a uh 50 helix for every <laughs> every wow. uh guillotine that i that i pull up in training so uh but i i think it's because I rarely end up on the ground right and when I'm on top I don't want to sacrifice my position so I don't go for the heel hooks so uh, that's uh, that's why probably so if I end up more on bottom you're probably gonna see more helix from me.
0: Is it also accurate to say that the heel hook is usually not always but usually easier to pull off earlier in the fight because uh, the competitor isn't as sweaty so it's it's easier to hold on to their leg and get a good grip?
1: Definitely, 100% it's easier early in the fight.
0: Okay. Have there been times where you thought you were going to get it? Like, is there a fight or two where you thought you were going to get it, but you didn't because the the opponent was so sweaty?
1: Yeah, there's been a few fights uh, where where I tried for it, actually. Um, uh, But not in the UFC, though. Uh, It was earlier in my career. So uh, I think this was my first attempt in the UFC. And, uh, yeah, it uh, worked out well.
0: Was that something you were looking for in particular against Kelvin?
1: Yeah, a little bit actually because he likes to post up on that tripod position and that leaves him his legs uh, open for that so we worked uh, a bit on that in training uh, in the camp yeah so there's no fluke that that is happening it's something that I do all the time and if I end up in, a, in that position that's what I go for and uh, uh, I'm good at it so uh, you know I, I could see people were discrediting Kelvin after the fight but they don't know that uh, this is a huge part of my game.
0: So, how would you describe the past year for you? Because, of course, you were on that amazing run, and then you met Jared Cannonier in Denmark in September, and it didn't go your way. And a lot of people thought that you were going to win that fight, and and so you kind of have to regroup. And then you get rebooked against Chris Weidman in May, but of course the pandemic hits, and uh, I understand they were trying to get you on a different card, and there was maybe some uh, some some chance that you'd be able to fight in the United States. Ultimately, you get Kelvin in uh, in Abu Dhabi, and it turns out great. But the you know the fact that you had to sit on that loss for so long right almost 10 months or so what was that like for you after the great streak that you were on
1: yeah that was a roller coaster man as you said uh, i was on a four-fight win streak before that and everything was perfect and then i end up losing to cannon and when you lose you you want to turn that around as quick as you can right uh and uh, it took some time and when the corona situation hit us I was just like, man, I'm going to lose this fight against Wyman. They, they, they will uh, cancel it, right? Uh, and sure enough, they did. So when they came up with Fight Island, I got super happy. And with, the, you know, getting the matchup with Gastelum as well, I'm just like, well, this is to, to for something better right now. Uh I uh, got uh, very energized and, and focused and uh, yeah I'm super happy now that it all played out as well as it did. Uh, who knows if they didn't have Fight Island I uh, would have been over a year without a fight or, or so.
0: Um, in the immediate aftermath of that fight against uh, Cannoneer because th- th- that card was kind of built for you right you, you yeah. fighting um, close to home and everything how did you handle the loss what was that like for you?
1: Uh, it's always tough, uh, especially when you feel that you're closing in on your goal. Um, and uh, but I, I do have a mental coach, and we talked about it afterwards. And he said that uh, what you're gonna do right now is that you're gonna go in training and you're gonna pretend like yeah, this did not happen, uh, or you can not not pretend that it didn't happen, but you will train uh, as you should have done in the fight. All right, you have to you you, you will correct it. But you won't get another chance at the fight right so so you have to correct it in training and when you feel that you have, have control over the situation and that you learn from it that's when you gotta let it go and just move on so that's what i did i analyzed myself uh, what did go wrong i learned from it and then i was just like this is behind me now let's look forward
0: wow so right after like you didn't even take time off
1: no uh, like I probably took a little bit of time off, uh, but uh, not not for long. Okay. Uh, I can't recall right now, but uh, I was pretty soon back in training and, uh, and uh, obviously analyzing the fight and uh, working on it just uh, by myself.
0: Did you watch it a lot?
1: Yeah, I did. Uh, I watched it a hundred times.
0: Wow. Why so many times?
1: Uh, because you want to make sure that you know what was uh, happening in there. Okay. and uh, what did uh, go, go wrong and uh, and so on. But uh, yeah, so not, now I, I really know what, what, what uh, happened in there.
0: Um, one thing that I appreciate about you is that you you talk openly about the fact that you've you know worked with a mental coach and the mental side of the game and how that's uh, helped you go on the streak and uh, become one of the best middleweights in the world. And so I'm wondering, just because that's a big part of who you are, going into this fight against Kelvin – what were you feeling mentally? Were you feeling a little more nervous, a little more anxious than usual because of what happened against Cannoneer and you needed this fight desperately to get back on track?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say more than usual, but definitely I, I felt it, and uh, I always have to, uh, yeah, yeah, I always have to t- uh, tackle that problem, you know, with uh, with the pressure, and uh, the pressure was there for sure, and uh, uh, every time. Uh, I felt the nerves uh, were uh, getting me. Uh, I was just like, man, the only thing you can do is to focus on the performance. So I started to uh, think about what I'm going to do in the fight uh, because that's the only thing I can do to affect the outcome of it. Uh, All of those other thoughts are pretty much useless. Mm. So uh, I was just going back to that all the time. What are you going to do to perform, Jack? You're going to do this, that, that, that. If you are following that you're following your preparations and trust them then you're more likely to end up winning this fight mm. so that's what i was telling myself all the time when when, when the nurses uh, were coming
0: uh what uh, what was life like in in uh, oslo where you train um during the you know the height of the pandemic over there because i understand in sweden nothing really shut down right they were going uh, with the the herd immunity uh yeah. theory so what was it like in denmark excuse uh, me in, in yeah. uh in norway
1: yeah, it was uh, much stricter here, of course. So uh, And it paid out uh, pretty good because now it's it's almost gone. So they, they did a great job, but the, the, it was a little bit strict. Uh, the gym uh, closed down immediately. And uh, so we didn't have the, the, the facility that we usually have. And uh, uh, we need to work around it and did a lot of uh, outdoor training. And uh, we were able to, to find ways to, to work uh even it wasn't uh, in the same manner that we usually do. And uh, looking back to it now, I, I feel like we had a great camp, actually. So, uh, yeah, we, we made it happen.
0: I saw a video um, of you training on your Instagram leading up to this fight. And correct me if I'm wrong, it looked like you were in like a hockey rink or something. Like they yeah. were at, is that where you were? Uh,
1: in the end of the, of the situation, we were able to get access to a uh, hockey rink uh, where oh. we could, uh, could be and uh, uh, with a little bit more uh, yeah, air and distance and so on so uh, yeah we got the uh, we just shoved some mats in there and some training gear and uh, uh, we were very happy to, uh, to have that uh, so
0: that was good Incredible! What what a scene that was. Um, I also noticed on your Instagram after the fight that you thanked you know your friends, your family, your coaches. Not a lot of people do this after a fight, and and you know you you alluded to the fact that you've been through so much over the last few months. Why did you feel the need to do that?
1: Uh, I feel like uh, it's so important for me to to have that support. Uh, I'm I'm just a uh, a human that uh, feeds on on love, uh, you know, and uh, when I feel that from people, and I really feel like I have so many behind my back that's supporting me and uh, and rooting for me and uh uh, it's super important if if i didn't have that support i don't know if if it would be uh, as fun you know to to do this so uh yeah i have to thank them and also uh, as you mentioned my, my team and coaches they're putting so much time into me uh that it's just incredible without uh yeah, even thinking about it, uh, they're always there for me uh, at all times. So uh, I'm super, super blessed and happy to to have them around me. Uh, and that's also the great thing about co- uh, being from a smaller place. With uh, now we we are c- quite a few guys, but not a huge team. Uh, and we 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 are uh, me and my coaches. We we go way back back, right? So we have this uh, this connection uh, that I feel uh, is much more than just a uh, coach and student relationship.
0: I also loved after the fight, you uh, you kind of laid out the middleweight division. Usually you have someone call out their next opponent, but you decided to book the whole thing. And I, and I liked what you said. I liked how you booked it. You essentially said, uh, Cannoneer should fight the winner of Izzy versus Costa and you fight the winner of Till versus Whitaker. Makes a lot of sense. Although I can foresee a scenario and, and correct me if you feel otherwise, uh, Darren Till wins in impressive fashion on Saturday. He'll get the winner of the belt, uh, of the title fight. And especially if it's Izzy, what do you think of that? You don't seem to of, like that.
1: Of course, that's that going to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing is that I do have Whitaker as a favorite in this fight. So, okay. uh, but, but uh, yeah, you know, he's a, such a huge draw. Uh, Darren Thiel, so uh, the UFC won't want that fight, uh, you know, they want to push into the title there. So that's very likely to happen if Darren Thiel uh, takes the victory, especially so you, if he does in a dominant fashion.
0: Right. So you think Whitaker wins? Why and how? Uh, I believe that Whitaker has that style that uh, Darren
1: Till has a problem with. Those, uh, the blitz, you know, the, the shift in, in tempo is very quick, comes in with quick uh, combinations and there until he's a little bit flat footed he has a big opening in the middle when he when he fights and uh, you you saw what masvidal did there when when he blitzed uh, against him and i feel like rob whitaker might pull something uh, off uh, that that looks like that
0: and you think costa's gonna beat izzy
1: yeah i do yeah how i believe that he's just gonna go in pour you know everything he has on him uh, And just like a maniac, he's going to go in there and swing. And I feel like that pressure that he's bringing and that physique and power, I think it's going to be really hard for Isi to handle that. Isi likes the technical fight Mm -hmm. and not not the all-out brawl with that crazy guy, Costa there. So I think that will give him some problems.
0: See, I agree with you, but I think it's going to be like Stipe against Verdum back in the day where Costa is uh, Verdum who rushes him and Izzy just knocks him out on the back foot. I could foresee that happening as opposed to Izzy getting caught.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree that that's a likely scenario that uh, if Izzy wins, it's probably by by a knockout and he, he catches him. So uh, it, it's not like I'm never overly convinced in, in any prediction in this sport, uh, you know, uh, that... I probably get the wrong 50% of the times, mm. right? <laughs> it's, fun, it's fun and all, but uh, uh, you never know. Uh, and it's a hard fight to predict, but I give a small edge to Costa.
0: So in your world, Costa wins, he fights Cannoneer, Whitaker wins, you fight him.
1: That would be a good scenario.
0: And then the winner of your fight against Whitaker gets a title shot. So you think you're one away?
1: Yeah. That, that would be perfect, but you know, the UFC sits on the <laughs> final decision, not me, so uh, I, I would uh, love that scenario. And I'm going to do everything I can in my power to 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 make it happen, but I do have a, a couple of other scenarios that's uh, a possible. Uh, oh, well. what
0: else? What else you got?
1: Well, uh, you, you know, uh, there is very likely that if Whitaker wins the fight, they did book him with Jared before. Mm. Mm. So uh, and Jared only had two fights in the middleweight division, just like Darren Till is gonna have now. But three, yeah, three, yeah. He yeah. had
0: a Branch Anderson and you. That's right,
1: yeah. Uh, but it, as you said, Till is like there's something else there, right? right. So I think that, that might be a a possibility, and in that case, uh, I don't know that they might. Uh, give me the, the loser of that fight. The, so maybe I will fight Till in, in that scenario.
0: Well, what about this? On August 8th, um, Chris Weidman fights Omari Ahmedov. What if he wins? Would you consider taking that one back?
1: Um, it, I, I don't know, man. If It, it doesn't feel like that is going to put me any closer to, to the type of fight that I want. Um, so... Yeah, we'll see. There, there is uh, rumors that uh, I'm not sure if it's booked, but you have Costa and Uriah Hall in, in the mix as well. That's gonna. I don't know. Romero. Uh, Romero yep. Yeah. And uh, Uriah Hall. And I'm not sure if should the uh, Uriah Hall uh, win that fight and steal uh, Romero's ranking, might be a fight to do. But uh, uh, I think the the most likely scenario is that I will be fighting either Wilderker or Kim.
0: Uh, did they tell you um, that they're going back to Fight Island in the fall? And uh, I mean, you have as a European fighter, you probably have these like short, you know, um, s- segments of the year now that you can fight. So if they go back in September, October, do you think you'll be on one of those cards?
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Especially uh, October would be perfect, actually. So uh, I really hope that they can make that happen and uh, that they get the right for, fight for me there as well. So, um, yeah, one more this year, uh, I really hope, hope for that.
0: Was it tough to fight in the middle of the night?
1: Yeah, it was, actually, because I, I did manage to, you know, uh, get a good uh, rhythm in, in fight week. But when I was supposed to sleep before the fight, I could could not sleep. So I was awake the whole night, and uh, I definitely felt tired uh, after <laughs> oh, no. a while there, so... But, uh, fortunately it was a quick finish. Uh, if it would have been a, who knows, you know, our main event and 25 minutes, it's hard to, to keep focus, and, uh, it might affect your, uh, your performance, uh, then so, uh, but, uh, I, I think I'm going to do a few more adjustments if I would do it again and wake up even earlier than I, than I did.
0: Mm. Um, and, and now that you're back home, do you have to be in like quarantine or anything or you're allowed to do your thing?
1: Yeah, it's 10 days of quarantine but the quarantine nowhere now works like that you you're allowed to go outside of your home you're just not allowed to interact with other people so uh, yeah. I can do yeah I can go out in the woods and do my fishing trips and everything I want to so that that's good so I can enjoy myself uh, even though it's uh, in quarantine
0: okay well enjoy that I didn't know you were a fisherman uh, oh, yeah. so many you're, you're a big one are you a good one like is this something that you're very uh, into
1: definitely i would say that you know i'm almost as a good fisherman as i am a uh, martial artist so. really <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty good man
0: <laughs> biggest fish you ever caught uh
1: well that has to be a a nordic pike on 12 and a half kilos that's why my, my biggest uh, i believe yeah have you so, ever competed uh yeah a little bit but that's uh i'm not too much into that but i have i did a few few competitions so but i would love to call out uh gillespie because he calls himself the best fisherman in mma and i can assure you he is not so i'm ready for a fish off whenever he wants to oh
0: my gosh this is true you know i gotta be honest this excites me way more than you fighting whittaker or till you <laughs> versus gregor gosby <laughs> in a fish off this is something uh, they need yeah. to put on ESPN+. Plus. We should charge for something like this. I would oh, be yeah, very yeah. interested.
1: Imagine the pay-per-views, man.
0: Yes, tremendous. <laughs> okay, last question. Best place in the world to fish that you've been to?
1: Oh, man, I, I only fish here in, in, in Scandinavia, and the fishing here is just great. So I can recommend everybody that likes to fish to come to Norway, Sweden, and do oh. fishing here. There is uh, loads of good, good fishing here. And uh, it's so close by, you know, even uh, that I live in the... Uh, in, in the capital of Norway uh, it's just like 50 minutes in a car and you're in the woods uh, fishing so it's great. Wow
0: by the way does it not get dark there in the summertime? No not much uh, you know
1: if you get even further north in, in Norway it's even lighter but uh, it doesn't get very dark no.
0: That's amazing so you could go fish at like 11 p.m or something?
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I fish through the night. Ah, what a life over there in Scandinavia!
0: <laughs> but no the winter, you, the winter, <laughs> the winter—pretty depressing. Gets dark at like two PM. Uh, I was gonna say, no wonder you're always smiling over there. It's so great. You're, you're such a nice guy, Jack. You know, it's amazing sure. because they call you the Joker, and the Joker. There's a negative connotation to the Joker, right? He was an evil villain. <laughs> but you're the op, You're like the good guy version of the Joker. It's a great thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, I just bring the smile and not the rest of the character.
0: That's right. <laughs> Well, congrats on the win. A very, very impressive performance. Great to see you back on track and looking forward to what's next for you. Thank you for the time as always. Thank you so much, Aaron. I appreciate it. How could you not love Jack Hermanson? I mean, the smile on that man's face, it could light up a room. And he's one of the best fighters in the sport. Certainly one of the best at 185. Good to see him back on track. I mean, he's long, he's dangerous. And uh, really interesting to hear that the heel hook is his go-to move And he's never pulled it off in a fight. Amazing. Until last Saturday. So he's now 21-5. and He's won five of his last six. And I'm really curious to see what they do with him next. I like his idea of fighting Whitaker, fighting Till. I mean, he's in that mix. There's no doubt about that. So let's see uh, how things shake out on Saturday between Robert Whitaker and Darren Till. And then we'll see where the Joker fits into all of that. Now, in a matter of moments, we'll be joined by another...
2: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: All right. Now on to my conversation with Joanne Calderwood. She's fighting on August 1st against Jennifer Maya. She was supposed to get a title shot. And you know what she said? She said title shots are for the birds. I'm going to stay active. Let's find out why. First off, Joanne, thank you very much for the time. And, and usually I'm, I'm proud to get the exclusive. But in this case, I'm very proud to get the second interview with you since you uh, announced this fight. You signed for this fight because uh, my daughter Claire got the exclusive with you on Tuesday. So thank you very much for that as well.
3: No problem. That was fun. <laughs> it's good to teach them when they're young.
0: Absolutely. When uh, she's 30 years old and a, a Pulitzer winner, we'll always remember that her first interview was with Joanne Calderwood. We'll always go back to that moment. So thank you for that honor. Um, So can you clear this up for us? What happened here? Why are you fighting in 10 days as opposed to waiting for Valentina Shevchenko?
3: Yeah, I didn't think I would have this much blowout from uh, taking this fight. But I feel like everyone forgot that I fought and then I had to wait five, six months before I got news of another fight. And that fight was this biggest opportunity of my life for to fight for the title but I had already not fought for five months and uh, so then yeah great yeah let's do it and she even came on your show and she was like yeah I'm good to go so let's get straight back in there and I think Jojo Calderwood would be possibly uh, the next person so I was like oh awesome and then so started to get ready for that and then the pandemic hit, hit and then I heard that she was injured and she wanted to get surgery so I was like okay it's so only a few more months we were told just a month or two later so I was like okay we can wait we can wait and then got news again that it wasn't going to be until the end of the year and by that time I was just like scunners and itching to get back in there and I spoke to Danny, John and we all decided yeah let's just take a fight because right now the division is it's not really there's not I don't want to say much competition but it's needing more build up more women and it's only new so it's going to take another few years to to get there so our risk is yeah we lose the fight but so what we can go back out there fire out another two wins and get back in title title run. So and then so we told the UFC, okay, that's not good news, but we wanna take another fight. We want to take a fight and then the next day we got offered Jennifer Maya and I saw it as a sign. I was like, let's do this because I've been training since my last fight and I'm just ready to get back in there.
0: So going back to um, before, you know, the pandemic became uh, a real serious thing here in America, when you were told that you were getting that title shot because you were going to fight her in Perth, right, in June, Mm -hmm. and then slowly but surely it was taken away from you after everything you've been through after this long journey to finally get a UFC title shot and then for it to be taken away, what was your reaction? How did you feel?
3: I was gutted. I was like, man, but the time like the circumstances that we were under I was like this is not something that's in my control so I just kind of let it let it go and then I was concentrating on the fact that I was still going to be fighting her when she came back from the surgery so that kind of kept me going
0: and then initially it seemed like okay she had the surgery but then she was going to return in the fall Uh, were you told that her return got delayed and ultimately that Helped you make this decision to stay active?
3: Yeah. So when we first got we heard word it was only going to be one or two months, August at the latest, and I was like, okay, that's not too bad. But then we got word last week, or yeah, last week, and then it was going to be November at the the earliest.
0: So when you took this fight, did the UFC say you win regardless how? you're keeping your spot as the number one contender or has, has the deck just been all shuffled now and you kind of have to work your way back up?
3: I mean, if I go out there and when I'm still probably going to be the one that fights Valentina uh, whenever she comes back, I hope, but you can't look too much into the future. I'm just seeing as this is a kind of blessing in disguise. That I feel like, the time off has been good, but at the same time, it's kind of been driving me crazy because i it's like, it's its always like this, you know, goes up and down, but I feel like when, say when you're out on the shelf and you're injured, it's okay, you're working, you've got deadlines to work towards and get better and come back. I've been doing that, I've been getting better, but at the same time, I've not been getting anything back and return, like... I just had a fight and I had a great performance. I got paid and you had the adrenaline and it was great feeling. You know, you missed all that action. So I just felt like it was either I get a fight or I start fighting John in the house.
0: <laughs> uh, and, and you're lucky, at least you have a coach. So I would imagine, uh, you know, a coach living with you, your fiance. So I would imagine that... Uh, the quarantine while frustrating for others was probably not too bad for you because you had your coach living with you in the house, right? I'm sure you didn't take too much time off from training.
3: No, we didn't. We had access to the gym. So it was just me and him. we were just kind of going our daily life with it never really stopped. So uh, that was good. And then actually we've just come out of quarantine because John tested positive. I don't know if you knew this uh, two weeks ago, uh, so we were just and we were it was the exact same so we wow. yeah
0: how's he feeling now
3: he's good he got his test back and uh, negative and he's back at work and it's all good
0: okay and you didn't get it
3: no which is the craziest thing because we quarantined together and uh, yeah I tested negative
0: Wow, that is interesting. Um and, and so when you when you told the UFC that you're willing to fight, that was before like you basically told them I'm available and then they came back to you and offered you this. It wasn't them coming to you once Araujo pulled out, right?
3: No, this was the next day. I don't know when they wow. when she when she I don't know when that happened, when she pulled out, but literally we says, Okay, we're not gonna wait. We wanna take a fight and then the next day Okay, you want to take Jennifer Meyer's site because her ghettos out? we're like heck,
0: yeah. So I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I gave you props for doing this because I think a lot of people wouldn't do this. you know you have the title shot, you'll you'll sit around and I understand I don't I don't uh, you know I don't I don't blame anyone for wanting to sit out and, and wait for the title shot, but uh, I gave you props for doing this and for risking that. Uh, yesterday and the majority of the responses as is typically the case online, negative saying, oh, you probably just did it because you needed money. Is that true? Are you only doing this because you needed money? Have you been struggling because you haven't fought since last September?
3: Uh, Obviously that does play in the back of my mind, but I feel like and it will always be the case because us fighters are, I feel like money is always on our mind and our career, this is (laughs) This is short-lived, and you know you want to get in there, make as much money as you can, and kind of retire and be able to still move your body and uh, play with your kids. But to be honest, I'm in a good position. I've I've been smart, I saved and invested, and uh, yeah, the money's going to be nice. But it wasn't my main priority.
0: Mm. Um, and 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 what about just the 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 current state of the division you know uh, recently you had a uh, a new face enter the fray Cynthia Calvillo she had a solid win over Jessica I and I think last I checked she's number three now in the rankings in fact she might even be above you last I checked although the UFC rankings I don't put much stock into them Um, a what did you think of her debut at 125 and b uh, are you at all concerned that she might get the that title shot before you
3: No, I don't have any control over that. I just have control over this next site, so uh, I took that chance. Uh, But I feel like flyweight division right now is like what strawweight was when I started, when they first started that off. And I had my debut, and then it was like Joanna, the killer, she killed everyone. And then it kind of took a few years to settle settle down and get the numbers and get the right contenders where they're supposed to be. So I feel like flyweight is at that point in its career. <laughs> it's going to be another two years before we, we can see some. Right now, I'm like more eyes on strawweight because I think that's the best division right now to watch.
0: But you're not going to strawweight, right? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Those days are over. Yeah. Um, but speaking of cutting weight, Maya's missed weight in her last two fights. If she misses weight, will you still take it? Yeah. Yeah. Is there, like, For a cap sure. at how, you know, like, if it's three pounds, four pounds?
3: No, we'll see. I, uh, funny, a few people have said, oh, it looks like she's she's in shape. So, and she's she's got no excuses this time because she's had a good camp. So, I feel like maybe those two things, two. Mess ups were maybe a blessing in disguise, and she'll maybe get it right, third time lucky.
0: Okay. Um, do you like this matchup for you? Yeah. She's been around We've a long been, time as well. Former flyweight yeah. champion Invicta.
3: Yep. I uh, think we're going to have a good scrap. Uh, obviously, I, I think that she's going to probably bum rush me and take me to the ground, but. Uh, I'm hoping for a good scrap and I was back sparring yesterday and feel great and just excited. It's like, it's good to get a two week camp because everything has to fit in and then, uh, so you get all the emotions and you get them over with in the yeah. space of two weeks instead of having like so long to think about uh, all the things that go through your mind.
0: Getting nervous, anxious, who yeah. needs those feelings, right? Yeah. Nothing good comes from that. Uh, smaller cage. Do you think it benefits her because of her style, as you mentioned? She'll bum rush you. Do you think that benefits her? You'll be fighting in the smaller cage at the Apex.
3: no. Uh, well, if anything, she, what she's going to put me against the cage, and then um, that's going to be frustrating. But obviously, we're working on not being in that position. So uh, I just hope that you know. I I always want to go in and excite the fans and. Uh, have, have an exciting that
0: By the way, what is life like back home in Scotland? I know you haven't been there, but um, as far as coronavirus and all that, is your family okay, and, and is it relatively back to normal now?
3: No, they're still, the gyms are still not back. Wow. open, so it's crazy. And I don't even think they were, they didn't have that much high numbers, but yeah, they're still my mom didn't stop working but uh, yeah she was she's too good my sister and brother everyone's good but yeah it's kind of a slow return okay and it's crazy because like vegas feels like everything's back to normal and then i'm still i expect them to be but then they're telling me no it's still like so really slow they're coming back really slow but I
0: feel like uh, they're doing it a little bit better in Scotland. <laughs> maybe if you look at the numbers, but uh, who am I to, uh, to judge on what's going on? So in conclusion, uh, you take this fight on August 1st, you win this fight and you're back to where we started. You'll, you'll hopefully fight Valentina by the end of the year. That's the plan, right? You're not going to take another fight between now and then, right? Maybe. Oh my gosh. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. This is making me anxious now, Jojo. You can't be doing this. You finally got the title shot.
3: This is why I came to MMA. I wanted to, I wanted to fight the best and just fight regular. I'm best when I'm just go 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 because all I think about is fighting. And you know, you can get good sparring in the gym, but it's still not the same. And I just feel like I, I don't want to lose that uh, killer instinct. And uh, it's right now. It's going on fire right now because I've been out. It's coming up in a year that I've not fought.
0: Yeah, and you were you were hundred percent healthy the whole time.
3: Mhm. Wow. Which That's... is the more more frustrating.
0: for right.
3: That I just wanted to touch on what you said er- earlier, Ariel. Before we go, or about I f- I also felt like there was a big shock when I took this fight because when I took the Valentina fight, everyone was like, "Oh, what are you doing?" And then so then I took this fight and then it's like oh what are you doing it's like you can't please everyone and geez the past few years if anything I've took away from being in this spot you have to have fixed skin because people out there are just going to be like you said negative and you can't make everyone happy.
0: Yeah, I think what you're referring to is when you took the Valentina fight, everyone said you're going to get killed by her, right? And now they're saying, well, why didn't you stick around? So it's like, which one is it? Should I stick around yeah. to get killed or should I just get active and, and and get paid as well? So I agree 100%. That's got to be annoying, right? You're a fighter and everyone's telling you you're going to get killed by someone, by, by I, another human?
3: I know. I, I laughed, but I was like, wait a minute, my mom reads this. Sure. <laughs> She's going to be like in Scotland, like in tears. <laughs> reading all these nasty comments
0: that did she and, read them
3: i she she i told her mom you know you know the situation that we're in and she's like oh yeah fuck those fuckers
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is amazing well you can make a statement on august 1st and shut up those people uh beat jennifer maya and get back in that spot and maybe they'll put a little more respect on your name if you uh if you do something impressive it's probably just because they forgot Jojo, you know, it's, it's a yeah. very what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of sport, short-term memory, and you can remind them in, uh, in 10 days.
3: Yeah, that, that was another – I forgot to mention that, actually. Another frustrating factor that other flyweights were having two, three fights, and I was still sitting like, yeah, I'm in a great spot, but I'm not, I'm not fighting. It's, and people forget. They just, they just remember the last fight.
0: And can I just say one last thing? And, and uh, you can agree or disagree. I sort of chuckled when I heard people say, oh, well, she's just doing it for the money. Well, isn't that what this whole thing is about? Like, we all work for money. Like, why is My that job. a bad thing? Yeah. Do you want to sit out for a year and not get paid? I mean, it, it's a very bizarre thing the way people talk about money in sports. It's like, yeah, of course. It's called yeah. prize fighting for a reason. So I don't really think that that should be a knock on you as well
3: yeah i was thinking about replying like oh do you want to come pay my bills yeah <laughs> crazy people
0: well it was yeah. a nice surprise uh that you've been added to this card uh we found out today that we lost uh, another uh women's mma fight on that card the holly home irene Aldana oh. fight is, is not happening you didn't know this no
3: i've not Wait. been on my phone all morning sorry
0: no no uh. it's okay so that fight is off and now the new main event is uh Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazian. So we lost one female fight. We got a female fight in you versus uh, Jennifer Maya. Hey. I'm looking forward to it. I wish you the best over the next 10 days. Uh, good luck with the, uh, the very short training camp. And uh, thank you as always. It's great to talk to you. And again, thank you on behalf of Claire as well. Thank you.
3: And give her a little help for me.
0: Again, I'll say the same thing that I said after the Hermanton interview. How can you not love Joanne Calderwood in this day and age? You know, you have a situation where Gilbert Burns says he'll fight anyone, anytime, anywhere, and then he gets to the end of the line. He's like, nah, I'm just going to wait six to eight months for my title shot. Here's Joanne Calderwood, who never fought for the belt, who's been fighting for so long, is so close to getting a title shot. And she says, you know what? I want to remain active. And, and, and she's right and I'm right. You know, what's wrong with Being active if you want to get paid. What's wrong with making money? I have no problem with that. Now, she is taking a risk. Jennifer Maya is really good. She's rolling the dice, but hey... Uh, you you got to get paid. You can't be sitting on the sidelines and just expect to be gifted paychecks. So I respect her for making this choice, and I hope it uh, it all works out in her favor and that she gets that title shot soon rather than later. Now, uh, speaking of that card, some some breaking news earlier today. Uh, we found out that the Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana fight is no longer going to headline the August 1st uh, card, which is next Saturday's card. Their return to the uh, UFC Apex in Las Vegas. Um, So I heard that Yerenia Aldana had to uh, pull out uh, due to undisclosed reasons. They tried to find Holly Holm, another opponent. Uh, Unfortunately, they couldn't do so. So as a result, two things are going to happen. I'm told right now the plan is for Holly Holm to uh, headline the October 5th uh, UFC card that is yet to be officially announced against Irene Aldana, So they're just going to postpone it to October 5th. What that's in uh, two and a half months or so. And as a result, the Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazian um, fight is getting pushed up from the co-main event to the main event. Um, however, it's not going to be a five round main event due to the short notice nature of all of this. It's going to be a three round main event. Now, in case you don't know, and I'm sure you do, if you listen to this podcast, Emin Shabazian is a massive, massive rising star. They are very high on him. He is undefeated. He has looked really good. His last three fights in particular, he's looked phenomenal. Uh, all first round finishes for the, uh, the GFC, the Glendale fighting club. Um, uh, product. And he is uh, co-managed by Edmund Tarverdian, the coach over there at GFC and also Ronda Rousey. Um, so this is a big opportunity for Edmund who they're very high on and who they think is going to be a future star. He's also very young. He's just 22 years young. His last three fights have come against Brad Tavares and Jack, um, I was going to say Jack Hermanson, Jack Marshman. Um, and so uh, Charles Bird as well, Darren Stewart. So uh, a name to look out for a good showcase for him, but it's not going to be five rounds. It's going to be three. And he's going up against the veteran Derek Brunson, who's won his last two in a row. So that's August 1st. That's the UFC's return to the Apex in Las Vegas. This Saturday, like I said, the final Fight Island event for now, but I fully expect them to return sooner rather than later. And uh, we're also getting uh, Bellator back on Friday. Finally, we get Bellator back after a long, long hiatus. It's been uh, four and a half months since their last show. And, you know, on paper, it's a bit of a thin card, Uh, You would have thought that they would have come out with a little more gusto in their big return, but uh, you know, a lot of their big names are overseas. They're European based fighters and international uh, fighters. So they couldn't get them obviously to come over to fight at Mohegan Sun, but you're getting some names like Sergio Pettis, who's fighting in the main event against Ricky Bandejas, uh, Jason Jackson against Jordan Meehan, former uh, Canadian UFC star. Uh, who is uh, making his uh, return after a long hiatus? Taiwan Claxton against J.J. Wilson, Aaron Pico on the card as well, and uh, and others. So it's it's not a bad card. It's just not the uh, the star studded lineup that we thought we were going to get when. Bellator was talking about their return they're going to be doing a bunch of cards in August as well at Mohegan so let's see what they come up with one last thing before we get to our final segment of the day uh Davidson Figueredo obviously the new flyweight champ I'm being told right now they're talking about having him fight Cody Garbrandt in his first title defense yes Cody Garbrandt moving down from 135 obviously Cody's a big name he's a bigger name than anyone else at 125 uh Brandon Moreno isn't Cody Garbrandt I know that I don't love the idea of a guy who's never fought before or made 125 going down and fighting for the belt right off the bat. Um, and I also don't love the idea of someone going down to 125, winning that belt, and then going back up to 135 because we just saw that with Henry Cejudo. I would much prefer a fighting champion like Figueiredo, fighting the likes of Moreno, fighting the likes of Askar Askarov, fighting the likes of Kaikar France, fighting those kind of guys build up the division, and then at some point getting a big fight like Cody Garbrandt. They have something special in Figueiredo. I don't love the idea. I get sort of why they're doing it, but to me, it, it screams of you're not totally invested in 125 if you're trying to hotshot something like this. Um, so we'll see if ultimately they go in that direction, not a done deal. In case you missed it yesterday, I tweeted that uh, Mourinho posted something on Instagram saying that he wanted to fight um, uh, Figueroa and Figueroa actually replied to him and said let's do it in November so it sounds like Figueroa is the guy who's trying to avoid these situations and I respect him for that after coming out on Saturday saying he wanted Cejudo or, 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 or DJ that made no sense Um, so let's see how it all goes but right now it looks like they're going in the direction of uh, or at least talking about Cody versus uh, Davison which I kind of have mixed feelings about Cody's a great guy and certainly you know a, a star in the sport but just seems a little weird considering he hasn't made 125. Remember what happened the last time someone dropped down from 135 to 125? Uh, TJ Dilshan, of course, we know what happened afterwards. He tested positive for EPO. Hopefully that doesn't happen. It's just a tough cut. That's all I'm trying to say. Anyway, without further ado, time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time for TST's Minimalist Tip of the Week. And as always, it is brought to you by Modelo, setting the gold standard for authentic Mexican beer since 1925. Modelo Especial
4: for those with a fighting spirit.
2: TST's Minimalist Tip of the Week.
4: So Ariel, when I was in my first year uh, in the professional world, first year out of college, I was very upset because, and I was confused because I didn't really quite know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know what my purpose was, and I was very unhappy. And what I found with a lot of people is that they are unhappy with their careers because they haven't fulfilled what they believe is to be their purpose or they're not contributing to what they believe uh, is to be their purpose. And so in very minimalist sense, in my first year, I sought out advice, read a lot of books and got really focused on my values and really came away at the realization that in order to feel successful and to feel happiness in your professional and personal lives, you need to kind of let go like minimalists do, let go of this notion that we need to be fulfilling our purpose every day. And instead, we should be focusing on our values. We should be focusing on the people that we surround ourselves with. And that ultimately is what will lead us to happiness and fulfillment. And knowing you, Errol, I would venture to say that out of all the accomplishments that you have in your professional career, of all the interviews you've done with Conor McGregor and John Jones and all the big fights you've been to, that you would consider your three kids, your wife, your home, and all the people who have inside and outside of the MMA world who look up to you, you would consider those to be your accomplishments over anything else that you've done covering MMA. So what I would say to anyone who feels dissatisfaction with their professional lives, I would say stop focusing on this notion that you have to be doing what you're meant to be doing or something. I would say focus on all the other things that really, really matter, and the rest will fall into place. Don't let your work define you.
0: I I, uh, I don't hate that. I agree with this one, um, and I agree with what you said. You're 100% right about my greatest accomplishment. Certainly now during this, uh, this crazy time, uh, it allows you to reflect and to be way more appreciative for the little things like being healthy. That's all I need. You know, it was my birthday. What did you get? I didn't get anything. All I wanted was for everyone to be healthy in my family, uh, my friends, my loved ones. That's all I care about. I just want us all to survive this. But I will admit, I, I have my moments. I go up and down. And uh, I think the part that is messing me up the most is that I can't go home. I always like to go home during the summertime see my parents. These are valuable uh, years and uh, especially you know with older parents and it, it really bums me out that we can't go home that really uh, you, know, and you know what really made me down when I when I heard that the the Canadian government was stopping the Blue Jays from playing at home and let me be clear, I thought it was a hundred percent the right call and I commend them for making that tough call um, because I know that the Blue Jays had a very uh, you know a very secure plan where they would all live at the stadium essentially, because there's a hotel there, but it just almost made it feel even more real. Like, wow, they're turning down major league baseball. I don't know if I'm ever going to get to go back home, you know, and and there's rules. You can quarantine all this stuff, but it's just tough with my job and with kids Uh, in any event, a bit of a tangent. um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm bummed. I'm bummed that, you know, I can't go home. But at the end of the day, I keep reminding myself as long as everyone's healthy, there's nothing to really be bummed about.
4: I fully agree. And I do hope you get to make it uh, home to Canada one day. I do not have any reviews for you. I assume they're all five stars and that they love you, DC. Uh, who every Monday you guys are killing it. Check the numbers. Check the YouTube views. You guys are on your way. Best show on ESPN.
0: Well, I appreciate that, but you know what? I have a review because uh, okay. I, I saw a very, very no, a review that touched my heart. If if you don't mind, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to read it. And you know what's funny about it? I just noticed that the person's name is Plant versus Zombies Lover which is funny because uh, my kids love playing that game, Plants vs. Zombies. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's a very bizarre game. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's entitled My Escape, five stars. And usually I don't read these. You know, it's, it's your job to do that. But uh, this one really touched me because it's the greatest compliment anyone can ever give someone in my position. Uh, this, this person, I believe it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a woman. Uh, she writes, I'm a stay-at-home mom to a three-month-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. I used to dread Mondays as it meant my husband was going back to work and I'd be alone with the babies, but now Mondays are my favorite. I so look forward to Ariel and DC's banter and laugh out loud each episode. It also makes me a better mom when I can listen to the podcast while I make dinner and gets me in a better mood. Never stop. I mean, there's nothing greater than that. There's there's no greater compliment than when someone says I use you as an escape valve. I use you to get my mind off of things. I use you, uh, you know, while I'm cooking or running or uh, commuting. I mean, to me, you can listen to anything you want right now. I mean, there's everything at your disposal. Every show, every podcast, every movie, whatever is at your disposal. And you choose to listen to me and DC or uh, me and Joanne it whatever. That to me is the greatest compliment. So thank you to Plant vs. Zombies lover. And thanks to all of you for your support thank you for downloading rating subscribing reviewing everything that you do i love you for it i appreciate you all and uh i hope you enjoy the fights this weekend and we got back-to-back fights like i said we've got bellator on saturday and then we've got the ufc's final fight island event of the month because again they're going to be back uh coming up on saturday robert whitaker versus darren till what's not to love about all of that for now we'll say goodbye thank you very much to tst thank you very much to Jack Hermanson. Congrats to him. Thank you very much to Joanne Calderwood. Congrats to her on taking this fight and good luck to her on Saturday, August 1st. Thanks to all of you. Once again, I'll talk to you next week.